0: The red light is on. We're back. and We're back in
1: Aberdeen. We are back in Aberdeen. Aberdeen, I don't know if they still call it that. I I always knew it as the hub city. I think that was like a nickname for it. At least it was when I was a kid. I'll take your word for it. But today it was the pheasant hub. It was. There were a lot of birds here in Aberdeen. You're getting straight to it. But before we get too far ahead let's let everybody know what we're doing and who we are. I'm Anthony Hulk with Pheasants Forever. This is a, another special edition of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's On the Wing podcast. Our annual rooster road trip, our public land, public habitat, public access tour has entered its fourth day. Um, we're in South Dakota this year. It's also the 100th season of South Dakota pheasant hunting. There's just a lot. There's a lot going on. We're just jam-packing stuff in. Um, And I'm joined by uh, my Pheasants Forever colleague, Andrew Vavra. Good evening. Good evening, good sir. And also with us, uh, uh, we'll start with Emmy, Emmy Marrier, who's been on the Rooster Road trip every day so far this year, our newest addition to the trip. She's Pheasants Forever's uh, membership marketing specialist. And then joining us the last two days in Aberdeen is a special guest, Erica Yost uh, is she's a five-year Pheasants Forever employee, but she just took a new post here in South Dakota, moved from Iowa, and now she's our regional representative here, which um, means she she basically kind of serves services our chapters here and helps them raise money and then spend it on habitat projects. So welcome, Erica. Thank you. And some some listeners may recall if you want to go back and get a more thorough introduction with Erica, she was on one uh, of our previous edition, a few episodes ago. Yep. So you can find the On on the Wink podcast, um, well, wherever you get your podcasts. That's what we say. S- subscribe,
0: people, and give us five stars. Just go ahead and do that. Just do me a favor. <laughs> it's, it's, it'll
1: be the last time I ask, I promise. Yeah, so, and we're all riding high this evening um, because we had far and away our best day of the rooster road trip. Again, so just far. getting
0: right to it. Let, well, let, I just, let, let the cats out of the bag. I'll, <laughs> I'll just I'll just add this to it. By the time we finished our second walk, we had already put more birds in our bag than we had all the other days combined. That's Oof, true.
1: That's scary because you're going to make me try to do Minnesota math. I don't want to do that. But um, well, I forgot
0: about yesterday. We had a good day yesterday, so I guess well, I was still thinking the the pier and the the Gettysburg and then the Seneca. Debacle. Aberdeen
2: is killing it
0: yeah, in, in general let's just go with Aberdeen yeah it's been fantastic to us
1: well just you know quick recap I mean yesterday we we talked a lot about our the the um community based habitat and access program here in Aberdeen that started in Aberdeen um and and there's 21 sites about 4,000 almost 4,000 acres enrolled in that program and that was really really good I mean, mm-hmm. we had a very high quality hunt yesterday it was great habitat. And I, you know, if, if if every hunt was like that, you wouldn't hear any complaining from me. And then today just kind of ended up being that, like, I think that South Dakota hunt that you like dream of. I mean, that's, that's the best way to describe it. And, but we moved into, into a, a little bit of a different access program. And, uh, that's the James River CREP program, uh, which is, well, Erica, you're, you're the biologist. I mean, (laughs) that's why you're here. You're here to talk about this. Let's, let's give me the skinny on the James River CREP, uh, conservation program, conservation reserve enhancement program, but then it's, it's also an access program.
3: Absolutely. So yeah, it's one of the many programs that we have here in South Dakota that, you know, give us top-notch quality habitat out there. But then, you know, of course, on top of that, it opens it up to public hunting. So specifically in the James River watershed, it's targeted towards watersheds that have impaired water quality. So,
0: how many acres is that up to?
1: Well, I I last I checked, it was around eighty thousand acres. So it's significant. It's significant. Uh, I, I I believe there, you, you know, there's a kind of a cap for about a hundred thousand acres, and there's. There's just a funding issue going on. I, I, we'd love to see the rest of it funded and, and 20 more thousand acres put in. Um, it's just a great program. It was instituted in 2010. And I've hunted in South Dakota every year since then. And I've, I've been able to see this program, like, you know, grow. I've seen the habitat established. And, uh, man, it, it's, it's, probably, it's probably some of the best habitat that I've that I've ever seen.
0: And our Farm Bill biologists are heavily involved with that.
1: I I seem to th- recall that Pheasants Forever Farm Bill Biologist signed up nearly every every acre. I I, <laughs> I'll I'll have to somebody can call me out on that if that's wrong. But uh, well, you were a Farm Bill biologist in your prior life, Erica. I mean, that's maybe you can talk about uh, um, just kind of how that how that works. You know, when we say like a, a PF biologist signs up that contract, like just. You know, I know it's a really, really long process, but what? how does that work in maybe like a minute?
3: No, right. You're totally right. So I think a lot of the times PF biologists in an office like that are the people that are really bringing in people. They're, you know, beating down doors and bringing people in because they're interested in habitat. So I think you'd be spot on saying that our folks were the people that were probably working on a lot of these projects. So bringing them into the office, walking them through, you know, step by step how to get through the application process what the habitat's going to look look like out there doing the planning as far as seeding and just making sure it's going to be top-notch quality habitat out there and making sure the landowner knows exactly what's going on.
1: And then one of the things that we did in our, I'd say three minutes of prep research on this <laughs> is, uh, and this is something that I didn't know, even though I've, I'm, you know, I've been familiar with the duration uh, with CREP during the duration of its, you know, eight year existence here. But It's one of the few CREPs or Conservation Reserve Enhancement Programs in the nation that do require, like, access to hunters and anglers, which uh, I found a little bit surprising. Maybe we'll see more of that going forward. Um, I know in Minnesota, like, we have, like, we've had a couple CREPs, and that's where I'm from, but that, that access component isn't a requirement there. You know. well,
0: I sure appreciated it today, I'll tell you <laughs> and, that.
1: And yeah, man, did did we ever. So, well, Andrew, maybe let's, why don't you, uh, let me kick it over to you and you can tell us just a little bit about about the hunt.
0: Uh, well, the day started off with a, we, we had an ace in our back pocket. Not only did we have the ringer and Erica here, uh, but we also linked up with the local chapters, uh, habitat uh, coordinator, if, if you will, I don't remember his exact title, but habitat chairperson there there you go so greg uh showed up with this beautiful chocolate lab greg Yankovich, shout out to greg oh big shout out to greg 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 was awesome he was great and you you meet certain people in the you know out and about and you're like okay they're 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 a hunter he's a hunter when greg rolled up and i shook his hand i was like oh this guy gets it this guy has dropped a few birds he just had that or like that aura around him where it's like Today is going to go very well for us. I just know it, and it did. And it did, like it really did, uh, produce a lot of birds for us. Uh, the first crap area we, we rolled up to uh, was a. It was bordered on on one side by standing corn. On the other, it was picked beans, uh, and in the middle of it uh, was wetland. So it was really thick cattails with with nice. Uh, bunch grass on on both sides well, pretty
1: but. dry so we could walk through it
0: yep there was one section where all of our dogs were able to kind of hop in a wallow like elk and they all loved that and i'm sure you know their kennels love that too um but <laughs> so you guys so we split up we kind of had one group on one side of of the wetlands and you and greg and logan went to the corn side and i I didn't think it was a. It was just by chance that you and Greg ended up by the corn, <laughs> because what well, we learned yesterday was the birds were by the corn, and sure enough, you guys weren't more than thirty <laughs> yards into the grass,
1: and I just hear this bang. bang! <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay.
2: You literally said to me, "See the corn."
1: <laughs> Greg had two two. I mean, the dogs were bananas like right off the bat, and two roosters got up basically simultaneously, and Greg doubled. And it's like holy smokes, <laughs> like. And
0: when's and, the last time you saw a guy double like that too? Uh, so again, <laughs> Greg knows what he's so,
1: doing. They
2: don't even get up. They like <laughs> basically launch yeah. ten feet out of the cover and then they're down.
1: Andrew, Andrew sized Greg up pretty good, and and I feel like I could, I could probably elaborate a bit more. I mean, when I saw his rig, you know, like the back of it. I mean, everything was set up like, you know, this guy he's, he- I mean, his, his rig isn't set up just to like get him to point A to point B. It's set up to go pheasant hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's how he operates. I mean, there's the cooler in the back for birds. He's got the, uh, uh, you always know a s- a guys serious about hunting when they have like the shelving, yep. right? The homemade the, shelving, the homemade shelving yep. for like his guns and ammo and dog supplies. He had the portable, like water canteen for the dogs that was filled so his system is set and the Pheasants
0: Forever license plate didn't hurt either I Mm -hmm. I appreciated that
1: yes you have that too Erica we talked about that so and then what he told me you know I I got to talk to him as we're walking over and he said you know the, the other part of his his level of seriousness is he he had a game plan for every one of the spots we went to Mm-hmm. Like, this is how we're going to do this. There was nothing willy-nilly. I mean, he's been to some of these spots and he hunts publicly accessible land all around Aberdeen in every direction. And so he hadn't been to these spots this year, but he's been at them enough that he kind of knows what the birds are going to do. Mm-hmm. And so he had his game plan and he told me as we're walking over to this corn edge. And this is one, this is a, like a pro tip that I'm going to add to my arsenal, but he's like, I always walk to the corner post and touch the sign. And he's like, and I kind of looked at him. I'm like, well, everybody slows down at the edge of a field, right? Mm -hmm. You just, you slow, you've pushed birds toward the end. You're kind of waiting, maybe pausing, hoping that, that when you do that, that the birds get a little nervous and finally bolt, or you're giving your dogs time to work out. But he, he says, "I, I work it till like that last blade of grass. I go over, and I touch the sign, and you wouldn't believe how many birds I've shot going all the way to that absolute far corner.
0: And he's also adamant about stopping twenty <laughs> yards before the end of just standing there.
1: And and so, you know, a guy says something like that. Not that I had any reason not to believe him, but when we so he has his two birds and then the and then the wind kinda changed and was at our back a bit and some birds just we, you know, and it was noisy and dry. And so they kind of got out a little early and we were, we were waiting for kind of the groups to pinch together a bit, but I watched him go over to that corner and he put his hand on that crepe sign. <laughs> <laughs> like he touched it, like just, so that, that's not just something that he, he, he's been doing that for 30 years. Yep. That's part of his system. So that, that hopefully, uh, you know, describes in full detail, the level of seriousness that, that, you know. and the other thing he told me just uh, since I had some time to chat bef- with him before we went hunting but he said you also know a guy's serious when they do like really detailed logs right they keep the kind of the hunting journal I-, I don't do that do you guys do that
0: no but every season I say this is the year where I'm gonna start doing it <laughs> and I've yet
1: to do it I but just
2: thought not yet <laughs>
1: maybe sometime in the yeah. future I'm I'm w- right there with you Andrew I I've always wanted to do it and I'm probably getting enough gray in my beard too that I'm starting to forget some things or my memory's a little fuzzier now that I wish I would be doing it. So maybe we'll turn over a new leaf after this, after we settle from this trip and, or maybe we, we at least have a recording of this trip. You can, you can can start right now. This, well, this, this, the rooster road trip, we have this podcast (laughs) journal of what happens that, that exists. But yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, starting Monday, go get your leather bound journal oh, uh, a number 2 that. pencil and just yeah. get after it well anyway so so Greg's been doing this since the beginning of his pheasant hunting career and he told me yeah i went back through and 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 he hunts at a, after work a lot and he said so throw those out but he said any day that i've devoted like a full day to pheasant hunting and he's been in this area a long time he goes there's been two days since 1988 that I haven't shot a bird.
0: Wow. <laughs> that's impressive. That's Isn't, fantastic. He
2: is an engineer, and that is a component of him. Of, it's very precise. And he even mentioned that he loves pheasant hunting so much because it's something that he's got a little bit more control of, which is cool to know that you Well, he was. Yeah, he was learning. talking about walleye
1: fishing. You know, that's his other thing. Because I said to him after we were done hunting tonight, I said, is pheasant hunting just your absolute favorite thing in the world, Greg? And I'm at the, at, of course we had such a great hunt and I'm thinking it's my absolute favorite thing in the world. And he's like, yeah, walleye fishing's close, but I have a little more control over pheasant hunting, you know? So he, that that's kind of what Emmy's uh, alluding to.
2: And as a relatively new pheasant hunter, that's insane to think that you can be confident. But just the fact, I didn't know he's yeah. not shot a bird. I mean the man's precise about everything he does and it's impressive
1: well that's I that's a level of seriousness I have a I I respect that but that's also a very good hunter and Mm -hmm. we saw that like his dog is well trained listens stays in range he doesn't want him going beyond basically like 15 yards uh that's part of his system and you know we talked about like his his work in the field and then he's a good shot and so we saw that on that 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 first double and uh we moved a few more birds in the field and that was it but yeah it was a it was a very good start yeah absolutely
0: uh the, the second property we rolled up to was uh kind of a dog leg right if you will uh, <laughs> so we we started at a skinny little spot and this time I made sure to saddle up with Greg you know he kind of gave us the the option of how do you guys want to split up on this one I was like I'll be with you. Okay. And we can walk this edge. How about that? Trying to put things in my favor. And corn it, was a factor. Yep. Yep. Ab- absolutely. And so sure, sure enough, we, we start walking this field edge, go through some tumbleweed stuff and hit another, uh patch of good grass. And both my dog, Bo and, and his lab started to get birdie and, you know, judging him and his dog, I was like, okay, yes, my plan, my selfish plan worked. We're about to put up a bird. <laughs> And sure enough, one got up right in front of him. I happened to pull the trigger too, and so did he. And it dropped. I'm just going to leave it at that. But I think, I think we all know
1: probably who 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 iced that one (laughs) too. Well, I've always used the like the like a sack in football. It's always struck me as a funny statistic. Like you can get like a half a sack. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's a situation where we give you like half a bird. Maybe
0: I pressured the bird. Okay, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a pressure. Um, so that was a great start in that field, and uh, then we and we, we
1: moved a few more birds, some hens. We moved
0: a sharpie. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that, but we.
3: I swear, I still for we debate.
1: Well, it no. Is. So so Erica's uh, Erica has
3: a uh, four year old Brittany. Four year old
1: Brittany and she had a very nice point and we were working our way up and this bird got up and it flew over me and i do pride myself in like field identification but (sighs) i'm pretty sure it was just a young hen but like at first blush it was it seemed like a sharp tail and but now i've settled on it was just a young hen pheasant but it didn't surprise me that you guys said you saw a sharp tail in that other end of the field
0: oh yeah it was 100 it it was it was a sharpie so we we finished our walk. Um, I don't think Greg and I kicked up anything else on that side of the field. Uh, did you guys have any luck on where you were?
1: We, yeah, we had uh, we, we. I in had adi- hens. Though, in addition field. to the point that um, Leah the Brit had, Emmy uh, was running Lux, her flat coated Labrador Labrador or flat coated <laughs> retriever. I always want to yeah. It's, yeah. A it's like a lab with long hair, yep. right? Yeah. Just right. Say I mean, Lux. come on. Right. <laughs> And, and he worked a couple hands very nicely. And then one other hand got up just a little wild. So, I mean, and it was really, you know, if one of those had been roost, any one of those had been roosters, they were in range. It was nice. That was, that was a very productive field to walk as well.
0: Yeah. And more great habitat. It was all really good grass. And I was actually surprised today. Um, you know, I don't think we saw another group of hunters anywhere where we were, Mm -hmm. um, which is odd because, I mean, I'm not going to hot it. It seemed it, like, like it
1: was crawling yesterday. <laughs>
0: but, you know, we weren't that far from town. Tw- like, w- what were we,
1: 20 minutes?
3: Yeah, 20, 25 minutes.
0: Yeah, so I, I found that to be a bit odd. But, again, I was okay with it because any spot we wanted yeah, was Yeah,
1: because yesterday, yesterday we had – there was another person hunting the spot we were at, which it was, it was a gigantic spot yeah, and it it could huge. certainly handle it. But the traffic on the road was was. The out-of-state plates were everywhere. Yeah, they were. They, they, it was just like, I guess, as much as a gravel highway could be an interstate. I mean, every, you know, every couple minutes there was a truck going by with, you know, somebody wearing a blaze orange cap. Mm-hmm. And today that just wasn't happening in the region we were at, which it was very quiet, and peaceful, and nice. Yeah, I was okay with it. What you know, Andrew and I were talking before we went on on air here, and he was mentioning just like about that that grass that we hunted in on that piece like it, it kind of what did you describe it as like kind of yeah, bunch I call grass. it bunch
0: grass because it, it, it just forms in little clumps and I love it because my dog can cruise right through it but it looks like <laughs> great stuff
3: no yeah it was all really great habitat just native cool seasons that they have here in South Dakota like intermediate wheat grass was the predominant one out there but really but, great cover good nesting cover for birds
1: which probably why we saw some pheasants there had all the ingredients. They nest there. There was a little cattail slough in the middle. Uh, some surrounded by cropland on uh, a f- three sides, and a road on the other, and a lot of edges.
0: They're edge birds. Got to live on the edge.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I always say. That sounds like a T-shirt waiting to happen, doesn't it?
0: We can put a PF logo somewhere on it.
1: Yeah. So we at this point we got a trio of birds in the bag, and we're feeling pretty good. But little did we know that, like the best is yet to come. And not just like the best, but like one of the, not just one of the best, like pheasant hunts that I've been on as part of pheasants forever's rooster road trip, but, and not just like one of the best, like public land and public habitat and public access pheasant hunts I've been on, but just one of the best pheasant hunts I've ever been on period.
0: In terms of bird scene, I, I would have to agree with that. Um, I'm, 'm st- I still want to go back and really replay it and, and have an, <laughs> an educated guess on how many we actually saw by the time we got back to the tailgate for the last time uh, but it's it's a big number
1: yeah it's it's one of those where there's a couple group flushes and then I think your your brain you know like we've talked about like uh,
0: I don't want to over exaggerate yeah
1: you, you don't want to do that but it's just it, there was uh, so many hand flushes. You know, I think everybody's dog like had some pen flushes that other, you know, I know like smidge was working in front of me. She flushed like four hands in a row. I don't think anyone else saw him. Yeah. You before, know? But
0: before we even get to that, we should also admit to ourselves that that field almost didn't happen. So we talked about how dialed in uh, Greg was and his, his plan. We just happened to be driving past this crep while a combine was almost done ripping all the corn out right next door. And he immediately stopped. And he he pulled right up next to the sign and he's like, well, I wasn't planning on hunting this, but if you're seeing what I'm seeing, let's just give it a really quick walk and and see what happens. I'm guessing a a couple birds probably filtered in here. Um, And
1: I think we were all thinking that.
0: Yep, exactly. And so this this property is more of a a square shape, if you will. And the plan was Emmy and Greg were going to go to the far end of the wetland part of it. And they were almost going to post and we were going to walk that freshly cut edge and more than anything probably just push all the birds to them at least
1: and kind of run a coordinated pinch
0: exactly and and that that was our plan and so we let Emmy and Greg get out ahead and i heard some shots well we were still standing at the tailgate
2: That would be Greg walking the edge, just (laughs) absolutely slaying birds. (laughs) Well, and we
1: we should note, At this point,
2: he's the only one who's hit them, too. He made sure to not walk the field where we knew that you guys were going to get into them, which we'll get to. And so then he's just like, all right, we'll go here. And I'm not kidding. One gets up. Boom. Walks another 30 yards. One gets up.
1: Boom. And we should note here (laughs) that that. Party hunting is legal in South Dakota now. Yes. It used to not be. Yep. You used to have to only shoot your three birds, and we were all okay. Like, we had the conversation prior to the hunt, like, Greg's keep hunting if you have an opportunity. He's it's, part of the group. Yes. So we were going with kind of a group mentality, and I don't mind that because that's how it is in Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know, and, and obviously people can decide, you know, if they've shot a few to be done if they want, I mean, but we're, we're out there having a good time and, and, and some days you just can't control like the opportunities. Some days people just are in the right spots and, and Greg knows these spots and he was, I just he loved was, it.
2: Cause at this point in the day, Greg's at five.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're looking <laughs> at him like wizard. this guy's incredible, but you know, we hadn't started yet. And then it was kind of time to turn the tables and shine the light, you know, on ourselves. And, uh, and so we, the dogs get laced up, and we start walking. Or booted up, booted in Bo, up. In Bo's case, Bo's Bo's booted <laughs> up, and you know they once they fired fired a few shots. I thought, yeah, they'll we're gonna run into some birds here. I I didn't think it'd be as sudden sudden as it was, and I didn't think it'd be as as many as it was. But uh, we work in the dogs seemed a little zippy right away, and we got to our first. Uh, kind of that first edge, you know, kind of not, not like the field edge, but that edge in the cover where it kind of changed from the grass got a little taller grass. There was a a taller clump and, you know, boom, it's like three roosters all at once simultaneously, like a triple flush Mm -hmm. and shots rang out. And then it was just kind of like a, A little chaotic because it's one of those things like it just happens so fast and everybody reacts and then it's like, what just happened?
0: Well, yeah, so two got up right in front of Erica Mm -hmm. and I took one shot and connected. And then so I'm I'm immediately watching my dog and that bird, but then you dropped one too.
3: Yeah, it was kind of like an iconic rooster flush of one cackles and goes to the right, one cackles and goes to the left. And Andrew dropped one on the right and I dropped the one on the left.
0: And unbeknownst to us, you were having fun on the far left side with Logan.
1: Yeah, we had another one got up on our side, and we we did kind of the simultaneous trigger pull. It was like equidistant between us. We'll take the half sack. Mm-hmm. We were just we were just happy. Um, and and then we connected, and we had two birds, <laughs> and we thought, mm, okay, that's good. And they, but I don't know if it was you or Erica. It's like. No, there were 3 birds there and I'd only seen 2. Mm-hmm. You know, my in in my field division and uh so then we it, we did a coordinated effort and it's like, yep, yep, there were 3 down, so we waited and waited and we looked for about 5 minutes and it's like I started to kind of question everybody like was there really 3 birds? I mean, did we just want there to be 3 birds? But I knew I shot one. <laughs> yeah, I Erica knew, I knew she shot one. We knew you had one, so we're like, that's 3, bud. <laughs> and And yeah, I was about ready to, we were, we were only like 75 yards from the truck and I was about ready to go back and get, you know, another spaniel just to add into the search. And all of a sudden here comes a booted bull. (laughs) It's so funny how that happens.
0: You know, we're almost (laughs) dejected to the point of, okay, we got to go back to the truck, get a couple more dogs and just run them through here and see if we just happen into this bird again. And so my back is actually turned to her, like walking back towards the truck. I I'm just not paying attention to her anymore. And, and and all of a sudden, Erica's like, "Here's one." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, hey. what?" And, and I turn around, and there's there's my dog with with the bird in her mouth. I'm like, "How did you just pull that one off?" All right, she's our veteran a- at dog. A, at a girl, yeah.
1: That that was yeah. Hey, you forget something, dude? <laughs> yeah. And it's
0: like, is this what you guys were looking for? You should have just told
1: me. So just like that, it's like three roosters up, three roosters down, and and that that felt that felt darn good, mm-hmm. and. uh then we, well, you know, there's so much action you want to just like get ahead of yourself, but it's like, I'm going to pump the brakes here. But then then Erica just kind of like, just slides it in like, <laughs> this is my first South Dakota rooster. <laughs> like, like, like it's just like, it's just some type of like, just kind of side note. And it's like, no. Is that how you sound, Erica? Well, I, don't, I don't
3: think that's quite right.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, o- go ahead and correct him. I obviously don't do a, like good impressions of anybody. And anybody who knows me knows that the impressions that I do, I was just trying to do like a different voice to make it seem like I wasn't myself. But, yeah, she – well, you say – that's thats pretty much what you said. I'm not well, yeah, wrong. Yeah,
3: I'm pretty sure I walked up to like multiple people with a huge smile on my face and said – this is my yeah. first South Dakota. So rister. well that
0: that's that's a big deal. We should we should touch on that a little bit with you're you're not new to hunting at all. No. No. Yeah. Um and you have a fantastic dog. But have you noticed any differences between Iowa and South Dakota now that you're kinda getting to your first South Dakota season?
3: Yeah, I mean I've only hunted probably I mean, these past two days are the most hunting I've done in South Dakota, just because I've been on the Banquet Trail Trail with our chapters. But um, I mean, just the public access here in South Dakota is the hugest thing that I've noticed. Just there's so much opportunity to get out anywhere you turn. It's amazing.
1: Coming from Iowa, it has to be pretty eye-opening. to yeah. this is all mine. Right. <laughs> I mean, that that's not to imply either that Iowa doesn't have some things cooking. You know, mm-hmm. we've got. You know, similar kind of like the Southwest. um, Similar community-based. Yeah, kind of a community-based program there that's extra incentives for the walk-in, you know, to extra incentivize walk-in access. But, you know, like in terms of like public land, like permanent public land, Iowa is one of the lowest states, correct? Right, yeah.
0: Is that that 1% or something like that?
3: Yeah, ninety. I think yeah, it's ninety nine percent is privately owned.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that that in 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 South Dakota you have I mean there's game production areas, but there's a lot of waterfall production areas. But you know the the difference I think is you move west as these walk in access programs just become so much bigger. You know that uh, do you know what Iowa's like IHAP program is?
3: How many acres? Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's like. 25,000
1: yeah I think. and minnesota's is like 30,000 you know along that line and, and, and they're great it's great stuff it's great stuff in iowa i've yeah. hunted those it's great in minnesota but it's just like a scale thing you move out to south dakota you know so we mentioned those numbers and all of a sudden there's like three quarters of a million acres of walk-in right i mean it just it just balloons so and we're utilizing just a fraction of them at this point and nice. you got your that first rooster under your belt we did a nice photo op at the at the back of the truck but we weren't done yet on this edge you know so we won't we won't belabor it anymore but we we move up and um there's the, the smidge the little spaniel my little quirky spaniels, birdie birdie and finally this uh this bird gets up in front of me and it's it's uh it's it's very rainbow-esque like a rooster should be. And and Logan Hinners is, is to the left of me and he yells hen <laughs> And I'm like, it was just one of those instances where, you know, the, the, the sun is kind of hitting that angle. And I had one of these, these um, scenarios yesterday where a bird got up and I was, you know, I'd, I'd probably, if I had to bet the family farm, I bet it was a rooster, but I had that, like that, uh, Enough doubt where enough didn't. doubt that just like that point oh 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 one percent that glimmer of doubt in the back of my brain where it just says don't do it so I you know you don't and and Logan, you know, when 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 you're not sure Well when it's a hen you yell hen and when you're not sure you yell hen. hmm right? But I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's a rooster one hundred percent. Bang. Down. So we had a we had a good uh uh, little moment there, just, you know, talking through everything. He comes up to me and he's like, sorry, man. And I'm like, I'll never, I'll never like, you know, you you never have to be sorry for being safe. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: You try blaming it on sunglasses
1: and all sorts of stuff, but it didn't matter
0: that that bird ended up in the bag.
1: So that was good. And now we've got, you know, we're about 150 yards down and we have four roosters in the bag. And, uh, and then we, then we work back, we'd seen a couple of roosters pitch into these cattails and we make our way back. And, uh, the wind wasn't again in our favor. And I think, um, we combined and were noisy and they boiled up ahead. And then do you remember what I said to you before we started just about like the guys cutting the crops? I'm looking at Erica right now. I was like, boy, it'd sure be nice if like, if like the guy in the combine should just could just come and tell, tell us like, Yeah, we just ran this field and a bunch of birds went in there. That was kind of like joking. Mm -hmm. And then we're at the, you know, we're back at our trucks waiting to coordinate. And and this guy comes by, the guy who was combining. And I I had no idea there was another little piece of crepe just a little bit down the road. Also, it was was all in crepe. It was this little island of grass. Yeah, this little island of grass. And the guy who had been combining stops and he's like, yeah, we were just getting done combining a bunch of birds, just pitched <laughs> right in there, and I'm like, this, this has never happened to me, <laughs> you know, it just hasn't. Like, you know the 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 pheasant powers that be are smiling on you today. He was, I mean, just a great guy, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> okay, well, looks like the trucks are staying parked, and we're going right in there, and. um you know, we didn't beg as many birds, but that's when things kind of got just really, really nuts for a little bit. Oh, it was so much fun. And I know I've been making
0: fun of you about whispering a lot for, throughout this entire trip. So part of the Rooster Road does trip Greg is, whisper? Is, is you, you have <laughs> – I, I didn't notice. I don't Actually, no, he didn't.
1: No, he did not.
0: And <laughs> so we have to film everything. And so Jake will walk around with his camera and put a camera on your face, and you're expected to kind of explain what's going on. And everyone does that very well, except Anthony goes into this – big buck hunter mode where there's going to be some roosters right over that hill but you gotta be quiet to find them which is fine that's a great way to hunt and i understand it but it just doesn't work with what we're doing but it's not
1: good for production but
0: in this situation (laughs) we were all walking on eggshells coming up to this island (laughs) of grass because it was literally surrounded by cut corn and we knew the second a dog got in there, it had the potential just to completely erupt. erupt.
1: Yeah. It t- about 10 acres. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the yeah, biologist here. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was quite that big. No, it wasn't that big. Yeah. Like, like, it was small. Yeah, maybe like maybe even like six, four, five, six. Four, yeah, five? not not a gigantic piece. But again, the, it was it was like in this field that had just been harvested Mm -hmm. so it's surrounded by corn and presumably any birds that were finding safe harbor in there were you know were now going to filter in there and and they did and again we it was about we got about what halfway through it before well it started getting interesting about halfway through
0: we we lined up and we started to push it and again we're all in anthony's whisper mode just kind of like doing a little cat stalk through the grass, no. just, just waiting. And the the dog started to pick up a little bit about halfway through. And then Bo got really interested in this one clump of grass. Like she didn't flush into it. But she was just staring at it, like expecting something to happen, but it didn't. And I'm not going to go back to the pointing lab conversation we had <laughs> earlier, but I walked over there and I kicked the grass and I interrupted. I'm like, okay, this is about to get real. And then we kept pushing. And then there was this, Little stand of about eight foot tall bushes that kind of cut across the entire middle of it, and can the, the biologists weigh in? What was that?
3: <laughs> I think it was Phragmites. I don't know if it was bushes. Reg-mites.
1: No, they, I don't know. they, they, they were, weren't they were... the Phragmites. <laughs> I know what frag. They, I I know what fragmites you're talking about. It, but it was like it was something else. It might have even just been like t- kohsha. Yeah. Uh, it, it was. It was big. It. For the sake of the story and what's about to happen. People
2: can
0: imagine just big, you know. Shrubby shrubby bushes. And the second we got up to the edge, that's when all the birds started erupting off the back end. So I could just see glimpses of birds going crazy, and I'm like, there's a there's a barrier in between me and them. I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna miss out on my opportunity. This is this is supposed to be (laughs) the greatest flush of my life, and I'm not gonna pull the trigger once. (laughs) And so I like crash through it, and I get to the other side, and birds are continuing to
1: flush, boiling out, like, as boiling they out. Say.
0: And so I, I do a lot of waterfall hunting, and I I caught myself doing what I do at the end of a waterfall hunt when you're close to your limit and you can only shoot greenheads, right? Like you take your time, you just start like flock watching, you want to pick out the one. Like I was trying to pick out the roosters, and I was so petrified of dropping a hen because they're so close together. Yeah, like. Because were like, Logan did the same thing. We like, we didn't like really shoot because it's like, I'm gonna take down something else by yeah, accident. There was like
1: thirty to forty birds in that very very small like clump. Mm-hmm. This clump within like four to six acres, whatever this is. And and then we just uh, kept marching and kept marching.
0: Yep. But then we hit the, then we hit the wetland, like a little area. Like it kind a, of turned into a dried cat-tail. out cattail yep. slough. A couple of rogue birds that were holding tight uh, popped out here and there. And then, then some action happened over on Emmy's end of the field.
1: Yeah, we had uh, – it was one of those, like, a rooster darted out to my left. You were – Erica was stuck in the cattails.
3: Yeah, I heard it,
1: but I didn't see it. <laughs> and, he, and he crossed me, and it's, like, not one of my favorite shots, right, that left to right, you know, where he's just going, like, full bore but I guess this is why I spent all summer skeet shooting is to be better on those. And he, well, I just let him, you know, like you can't miss in front. And so I pulled out in front and squeezed the trigger and he folded. And I thought, <laughs> I mean, that felt really good to make like that shot. You know, it's um, again, like I've never shot skeet before, like before this summer, I mean, I've always been okay in like, you know, kind of the trap type angles, but I wanted to be better on, on those type of shots. Like that left, those, those left to right and Mm -hmm. then, and, and right to left. And that's what you do, you know, in skeet when you, when you work your way through. And I wouldn't say like, I'm great at them, but I'm a lot better than I was. And I felt like, you know, that was like three months of work on that shot. It all came together. And it felt really good. And uh, one of the labs, you know, I was I was kind of wanting to get my dog up there for the retrieve, but you, those labs are just insatiable. You know, you can't. They're pretty shameless,
2: quick. <laughs> absolutely shameless on the retrieve. So
1: they were on it, but that's fine. <laughs> you know, a bird in the hand is fine with me. And then, uh, and then, of course, you know, you, it's kind of that moment where you get you get caught with your pants down a little bit. We didn't touch the fence post, right? I started like. I was celebrating still reliving that great shot and hadn't really finished things out. I mean, the dog was still working and you let your guard down and then boom, there he goes. I don't know if this is a good impression or not, but I'll do it. And, and that was it. That was it. I heard that. On. I heard that. out And, there. <laughs> and it's like this, this bird, I mean, he held any he weight till, you know, it's that rooster that, Holds and waits until he knows that everybody's not paying attention, and then he goes. And of course, as smooth as my previous shot was, I'm like fumbling to get my gun mounted to get the safety up. Emmy fires a shot. Uh, maybe two, one, and then nope, and then no,
2: nope, no, nope. See, this is where you're stealing my moment. We're still working.
1: <laughs> Whoa, we're,
0: we're
2: still working the center field. So. This is the catch in the fact that Greg knows what's going on. And before all this, I'm now the only person who hasn't gotten in on any rooster action. I've been queen of the hens this whole day so far. So when we get to this little piece, he tells me I get to pick which edge I go on. So I go to the far edge, which, of course, is not where the massive cubby flush of roosters came out of. And now that you said it before, it's which side does Greg choose to go on? So. Mm -hmm. I haven't quite figured out the whole looking at a field and knowing exactly which edge is the predominant one. But right off the get-go, when I entered, immediate hen flush, same thing, total eggshells. And then I had nothing until you're getting to this one last rooster, the kingpin, who did truly wait.
1: The longest tail, yep.
2: Indeed. And yep, he got up. Crossing shot for me, which I'd mentioned before, is my challenge one. And I think I got a, a quarter sack on him. And that's when you took over. And this was, yep, I got two shots off, ruffled some feathers, put a few BBs in, yeah. and then all of a sudden comes Anthony Oak.
1: <laughs> yes, recovering. Yeah, I did. Back to I did moment. recover, and and the bird got out a little bit. He just should not have made it that far. But I did finally get up, and 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 he should have been down a lot sooner than that. But I made a pretty good shot, and he did. He did go down. He just he kind of sailed for about a hundred yards. And you could tell he was going down, and all the he, dogs just all the landing totally off.
2: gear on yeah he booster going and, down and
1: the dogs just they were on him and they they had a good visual it was like a good mark what and cut corn it was a cut cornfield, yeah. a cut cornfield <laughs> and they were off to the races and so uh, uh, and then locks the. Flat coated, shady didn't find Labrador. It immediately. I mean,
2: you'd say cut cornfield, but it's still fresh corn, so it's got all stubble and the red. That's a cob, right? Yep. That's a cob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we're definitely not biologists. That's for sure. And uh, and so we were reco- But it's
2: not obvious where it is. So I'm walking along, and I'm kind of the same thing where your dog's kind of just actually doing its job, and you're just do 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 do. Because I look down, and my dog's on point, because he'll flash point. So he's literally got one pot up, nose is just directly straight out, and sure enough, I look to where he's looking, and he just then pounces on this rooster, dead, dead as a doornail. Yep. Laying in the field. Well,
1: maybe we'll have to debate the, the kind of the nuance of a flashpoint at some other time. It's like if it's a flashpoint, isn't it just a point?
0: You're opening up a can of
1: worms and I'm not, I'm not we'll there. do that a different time. So <laughs> I
2: don't even know what a cob was. So we, we've, <laughs>
1: we've 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 kind of gone play by play, but that's that's eleven roosters in the bag in a, probably about two and a half hours. With some drive time in there too.
0: It was a fantastic day. Like it, and you said it earlier, when it comes to your South Dakota moments and what you want to remember, what you actually dream of going to do. Holy cow, this day was it.
1: Yeah. And and then you know we did uh i guess proving that it's not just all about you know, we we quit about an hour early mm-hmm. we didn't even hunt the golden hour we have to do things like this podcast we ha- you know the, the last bird the one that emmy a, a, emmy and half i sack. shot at the ha- you know the half sack that <laughs> we're, we're dividing that up um we'll probably see that one later in the week as part of a long tail feather contest cause it on our on our facebook page cuz that did have a pretty long tail, and we—that's a popular one. You know, guess the measurement. What? What do we think on that one?
0: Well, we know what I, it is. So, say, we, if, so, if you're, you're doing a contest, you.
1: we can't tell you. I know. I be, know what it is, and
2: I also know what it is.
1: Do, oh, you do. You, yeah, yeah okay. we we all know. All right. Well, then then everyone will just have to have to kind of use their own eyeballs and their uh, uh, you know their own internet. I did have a guy actually. I'm, I'm getting off track a little bit, but he. I think he, again, probably like an engineer type where when we do those contests, he'd try to like me, scale like, the photo yes. to measure scale, it. Oh my <laughs> like god. Scale the photo to measure. It's like, <laughs> holy smokes. Yes. But I like that. You know, that's pro- like I said, probably an engineer like Greg, you know, would like they just look at it and it's like, that's 23 and a half. Like they just know, you know.
2: Noting that we got 11 roosters and as Jake's supervisor, Andrew and noting that yeah, eleven but we, has been we, identified, we
0: added people to the group, so the eleven no longer counts. Yeah, that's what you told him? That's what I told him. So th- <laughs> the story was, if we ever shot eleven birds, Jake could buy a license and and shoot one. But I was I was I quickly changed that up on him. Well, he's he, still, he's, he's got a job to do. <laughs> he's still got a chance. Yeah, he's got it,
1: and he, he's not here. <laughs> he's got to bring this footage from today to life, uh, to to showcase to those of you listening. So there's some. Some visual evidence behind it. We have another day tomorrow, so it's not to mm-hmm. say that couldn't happen. Um, so you know, one one more day in this part, this kind of general region of South Dakota, it's not unthinkable. But yeah, we quit an hour early,
2: and eleven was a joke for the trip. Yeah, and we did it. That's but my point.
1: We, you know, Eric and I were kind of talking about this on on the way home. Is like, I I, I really don't think any of us are like limit driven, you know. And so we were all there like. Man, this is just another great day in South Dakota. The sun's shining. We took a zillion pictures. <laughs> we took a lot of pictures. Well, the, the
0: sun, the the setting sun, did not disappoint you. No, So no. that was pretty.
1: It nice. was, you know, it, the local news in Minnesota does. Uh, where I'm from, they do like you know a top ten weather day. Like, oh, this is a top ten weather day. You know, it's like, oh, we only get ten out of 365. But if we're going to use that stupid metric, like today was a top 10 weather day. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we, we, we pulled out the, you know, and it's good. Like there's more birds out, out there for you. If you're listening like at these spots, like we've left plenty. We saw a lot more roosters. And, uh, so we quit an hour early. There's more for you. We took our photos. Uh, we got some more footage, Used that light to our advantage. And it's going to be fun to, um, to kind of bring some of that stuff to, to visual, to visual light, like light and and share. And so, yeah, it was, uh, just a really great day in South Dakota. And I, pro, I'm I'm guessing anyone else hunting out here at this time, probably, you know, this hotel is still, you, we didn't see the hunters today, but we know they're still here. Well, they're, they're all still staying coming. here apparently. Yeah. We're still at the super eight in Aberdeen and, uh, and I got to think some of them had some good days today too. Mm-hmm we weren't the only ones so you know one one thing you touched on was we kind of uh you know near the uh uh near the end zone here on this edition of the on the wing podcast we we talked about this earlier today but you touched on it on our on our on our latest episode and you had um uh, i think an inquiry about like from a new hunter who's Presumably been following along to the rooster road trip yeah, a- absolutely he, he's been following along uh, he has a bird
0: dog that's bird crazy, um, but he still considers himself new to uh, wild bird hunting because he'd only gone with guides previously okay and it's very simple question and it was what advice do you have for a new hunter like how do you how do you get to the level where no well, not everybody's going to be like Greg right? like I could dream of being like Greg and I don't think I'll ever get there. But how do you get to that level where you feel confident every time you go out? I think is is what he was getting at.
1: Yeah. And and he's not the only one. Yeah. That's a good question. Well, why don't why don't we go why don't we go do our uh, you know we'll go around the horn here. We've got um and we we all have probably some different levels and backgrounds so can offer our own insight and I think that'll be fun and uh kind of kind of share that that, that advice or perspective we have to, to that question, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a new hunter. I'm just getting into it. What do I what do I need to do now?
0: Yeah, it seems like a, a complicated question, but I don't think it really is. And when I posed this to the group at the tailgate earlier today, I was surprised how easy the answer came to everybody and, and how we were all kind of in the same boat, if you will, um, especially since I was never a, a big upland hunter until I started at Pheasants Forever. So I didn't yeah. start learning how to do this until I was in my 20s. You know, I used to follow along a mutt that was attached to a check cord. And I, I swear to that, that check cord accidentally flushed more pheasants than anything else growing up. So I didn't have a lot of background knowledge <laughs> going into this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my biggest piece of advice is be okay with failing and be prepared to put on miles, both in your truck and, on, and in your boots you you can't go out there expecting to su- succeed every single time because then you'll just get upset it won't be fun anymore and you'll start questioning why are you even doing this every time you fail you're learning something you're either creating a better bond with your dog or your dog's getting better or you're starting to learn how to read the habitat a little bit better so just because you didn't put a bird in the bag at that on that particular day that's okay because in the long run you're just adding to your experience and you will eventually get better and that's the only way to get better is to get out
1: there and do it and i think that
0: was everyone's resounding answer it's just get out there and do it
1: yeah yeah we all said some variation of that mm-hmm. uh i know i did and i and i was ta- i told erica that same thing and and maybe maybe you heard that maybe somebody else said that too but it it's um man i failed a lot like you know early on uh, I'm thinking back to like, even, you know, when eight, eight years ago and just getting a, getting a dog and, and, and there were a lot of unproductive hunts, you know, there's, there's, you got to be okay that there's not going to be anything to share on Facebook or Instagram. It's <laughs> a very good point. <laughs> you know, there it's not all, it's not all just like instant gratification in a, in a society that kind of like thrives on instant gratification. And, and I even and I think, I I feel like you you seem to me as a confident hunter now, mm-hmm. and part of that is
0: a lot of it has to do with my my booted up bow. But yeah,
1: yeah. you know that trust in your bird dog, that bond you've developed. I feel like I have th- that level of confidence now, but I'm not I'm not averse to learning either. Like. uh <laughs> When I watched, Greg was going out scouting You're going to be touching a lot of corner posts. Well, this that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Like, Greg was going out scouting tonight. We, he he left us, you know. He he saw that we had some work to do and we're, uh, we're, we're, left us to that. And he said, I'm going to go scouting. He's got pheasant hunting to do this week. He's going to hunt after work. And he went around to scout. And fun, like, that's what you do. That That's what Greg's doing. Put on the miles. And, I, you know, honestly, like, I've always been pretty good about, like, getting to the – the edges of field, like I said, that, that, that line we've come out, you know, pheasants are edge, edge birds and you got to live on the edge. I'll go to, I'll touch the post. I'll touch, I'll touch the sign. I think we all are. Now. like yeah. I'll do it. So yeah. And and you should too. That's great advice. So don't be afraid of like, like, don't be afraid. How do I want to put it? Like you can never stop learning at this thing. Like you don't, you, you there's always something new you can add to your arsenal. I remember, a couple years ago, do you remember we were, we were again in, pier, it was the last time we were in pier and like that, that guy was on a hunting trip and this truck got broke into at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Right. And this isn't like, this isn't like field success, but this is like hunting trip success. Like, you know what will ruin a hunting trip is if your gun gets stolen. I always, I'm looking looking around the hotel rooms. We always bring our guns into the room. Yep. That's, they the, nev- that's the one thing you can't go without. They never sit in my truck overnight. Mm-hmm. Like, I maybe maybe you'll make it your whole life without getting your truck broke into, but I I never take that chance. I never want to have a trip ruined by somebody stealing my gun. And that's, that's good advice. And and that was something I figured out. Like when I saw that that poor gentleman in Pier didn't have a backup gun. And you could bring a backup gun. Not everyone has that, you know. But if you're bringing one gun on a trip bring it into your hotel room or wherever you're staying and, and, you know, don't just leave it out in the truck at night. You like, you like to believe the best in people, but you know what, there's a, there's a few bad apples in the world. And, and so that, that's just something that I think about, um, as a piece of, you know, I'll get to my real advice, but you know, just that kind of came top of mind here. So, that's well, good. let's go to, um, let's go to the other side here as we, uh, same question. Amy, we'll start with you. Um, new hunter advice. What do you got? Feed us some good info.
2: Andrew's right in that we all really <laughs> did agree with it. I think the special thing that I have is that I'm in that right now. You guys talk about it, like Take away from Anthony. You can never stop learning. Absolutely not. But I'm in the late 20s. Just started at PF four years ago. This is my third season. And I would say that, yes, embrace failure. But also know that your confidence is building. And at the same time, you just have to keep growing out and I've twisted it to where I actually end every hunting day asking myself what did I learn today that's specifically the question because I don't bag a bird every trip I showcase the beautiful landscapes look at that but my question at the end of the day to myself is always all right what did I take away today because I know that I'm building to something and you do that by actually thinking and reflecting on what's the takeaway and it's made a big difference because that helps just build the mental confidence in the reality that it's truly a development. And this is still coming from someone in their third season.
1: That's great. Yep, yeah, that's a good word, development. You're, you know, you're, you're always developing. That's one to keep in mind. All right, Erica Yost.
3: I think the person who asked this question already has something in their favor is that they've already got a bird, crazy bird dog. I was shocked when he actually said that. (laughs) I was like, oh man, you're you're good to go. Why aren't you out there already? But no, I mean, my big advice is, you know, go out, follow your dog and trust your dog. We've all learned that lesson over and over and over again. It's just go out, enjoy your walk, have a good time and trust your dog. And I guess my second piece kind of along what Anthony said would be if you can find a Greg Yankovich who is seasoned, knows what they're doing, you can... We've all been bird hunting for quite a few years, but you can still learn something. And someone like that has something has so much to offer.
0: Mentorship is, is a real thing. It, it makes a big difference. And I guess one last thing I would add to that is try and plan one real hunt outside of your comfort zone where the bird numbers are good. At least one a year. So if you're in Utah or in Colorado and you're, you're struggling to get into it, try to do at least one trip where the numbers are in your favor.
1: Yeah. That's good. Yeah, we're some of us are uh well it's everybody everybody's challenged with that in some respects when it just comes to, you know, pursuits. I mean, like you and I probably want to go on an elk hunt someday. We're gonna to have to travel to do it, mm-hmm. right?
2: Um I'm pretty sure Erica and I have definitely talked <laughs> yeah. multiple times in the past well, two days about but, wanting you know, to go on an elk hunt. And we,
1: you, well I guess the point I'm making you know maybe i'll maybe I'll just do a quick edit and i'll just I'll say this instead like we've 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 run into guys who are doing that, you know uh the the guys we talked to in Gettysburg um they were from Ohio. they'd driven here eighteen hours. I talked to a guy from Pennsylvania. You guys didn't meet this other guy at the um the pier Super eight, but he was there with his kid. He'd just moved from Pennsylvania to Colorado and had just driven up. To pier to hunt, and he was just only hunting public land. So, we were this was like right when we were departing pier. Mm -hmm. And I took his atlas, I circled a couple spots for him, and off he went. Love to hear how you did. (laughs) Got to do it though. You just have to get out there. So, you know, that these people I think are probably following that advice, you know, that they saw, you know, South Dakota's bird numbers were up. 47 almost you know 50 percent in some part in this part of the state there's some parts where the bird numbers basically doubled mm-hmm. and yeah do that taking out of state trip and you know what it'll just make you a better hunter too because you know from that that perspective of like identifying habitat of driving around scu- like you wouldn't be- you wouldn't believe what you see when your eyes are open right when you're driving around it's like oh there's a bird pitching into there, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> or you're out hunting and like, oh, there's a few birds that just landed there. I mean, yeah, then go get them, you know? That's that's another pro tip for me. You semi see him go after semi, them. semi <laughs> pro tip. I'm not going to put myself in Greg Yankovic's category, but semi pro tip is like when I see a bird go in, I'm going after that bird. <laughs> see him land. So, all right, Erica. I feel like I cut you off. No. Any other any other th- Anything no else you'd gems. like to add nope. No gems Well you guys You guys put some really good stuff out there So we'll see if I can be additive But I probably don't add That's really that's all really really good advice You know Maybe this is some, some uh, Has some similarities to what you guys say But like Don't compare yourself to other people You know like That's in that failure part that's what that's that's my piece of advice is like you get to be your own upland hunter it's not a competition right I don't compare myself to anybody for me upland upland hunting is a it's a pursuit like if I'd have been hunting with Greg today and he got five birds and I didn't get any it's really not going to detract from the time that I enjoyed spending a field with my dog I know that there'll be days where those tables switch and I know early on you want to have success, but like don't just don't feed into that machine. I know this because I'm on it all day, because I have to manage the social media accounts, some of them for Pheasants Forever. We kinda of split those duties. You see it on Instagram too. It's like I like looking at that stuff, right? But people people don't share their failures there. You know, they're they're just showcasing the good stuff. And life isn't always like a ten second Instagram post. Like derive what you want out of too, just make of sure it. you're having fun yeah like, have fun work the edges everything will work out i think so so edges yes <laughs> yep don't d- don't uh don't compare compile compile information and and touch touch the corner post
0: touch the corner post that that's it that that is it right there i think touch you the know corner post
1: you're going to get a few more birds if you work those last few edges. And uh, so tomorrow, one more day of the rooster road trip. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to go touch a few corner posts. Um, you know, probably this general region, we'll figure it out. I think we're going to share our stories with you uh, one more time. Probably have one more uh, one more wrap podcast at some point in the next couple days. Absolutely. Yeah. We've really appreciated you guys listening and and uh, following along to this year's Rooster Road Trip public habitat and public access tour. We'll talk real soon.
0: Thank you.